You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. So just a reminder that uh, tonight we're having our very last um, Sunday night um, just time of being in the presence and, uh, of the Lord. And, and <laughs> we're going to play the world's biggest game of hangman here in a second, right? <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Everybody wake up. Um, and so I want to encourage you to join us. Um, it, it's been such a great time, and it's something that we might continue to do. Um, and uh, just, just uh, we're seeing God do some great things. It's a powerful time. Also, want to bring a little bit of attention to um, our our prayer request board that we're seeing God answer some things now. Something specific, and I want to pray for this um, at the close of service. But we are seeing. Um, People who need jobs um, get jobs, okay? And so some of you are still on the request side of that, I know, um, and you're saying, God, I'm, 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 I'm believing, I'm looking, and I, I need this, and I'm telling you, God is moving, he is doing this, it's powerful, it's wonderful, and so I just want to encourage, stoke your faith, and uh, say, look, just keep pushing in, God is going to do it, he's going to do it powerful, powerful things. We also had uh, somebody who was praying for a friend who had cancer and is uh, cancer-free right now. Praise the Lord. Amen? Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know why we don't get more excited about that, but, you know. All right. So, my look around the room, survey the room. Oh, nope, not gonna. Okay. There's little kids in here. <laughs> I was going to tell, tell a funny story of me preaching one time. Pastor Monty had me preach a Christmas message a long time ago, and I uh, did a terrible, terrible thing regarding the Santa Claus. All right, some of you might have remembered that, um, and it blew right by me, and I just saw parents, literally parents' jaws dropped, and they covered their kids' ears. I'm not going to go any further than that, so I'm, I'm the Grinch. All right. Okay, so today we're taking a little bit of a break, and I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm, I'm, I'm a little under the weather uh, with my allergies too, so um, just, just bear with me. Um, we're just going to really kind of lean into the fact that it, when, we, when we're feeling our weakest, God's strength really shows up, all right? So, so if this doesn't make sense, just chalk it up and uh, go, oh well, <laughs> you know, but I really do think this is going to be great, something that I feel like the Lord gave me in the course of several conversations with some people. And um, yeah, have, you ever, have you ever had something that the Lord is doing in your life? And, and it starts sometimes in a unique way. Maybe it starts when somebody's talking to you and you begin to uh, ponder that. And the Lord just maybe highlights something. Maybe in the Word, maybe in your heart He speaks to you, whatever it is. But then it keeps building. Over maybe a, a course of a week or a month or so on, it's something that God keeps highlighting because he's really trying to get your attention and trying to, 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 to show you something. And this today is, is one of those things, one of these messages that I feel fit this, this category. I want to talk to you about building our spiritual house. This is going to be very, very simple, very practical. I'm, I'm going to do my best to, to even illustrate it, to make it even simpler, right? But it's very important. Um, anybody who has ever uh, watched a house be built, built a house, desires to, 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 to build a house, knows that you don't just go to Lowe's one day and decide to build a house. 
You don't just start, you know, filling up your car with a bunch of two-by-fours and some sheetrock and go, well, I'm going to build a house today. No, there's a process to it, isn't there? You got to find the property. You got to make sure the, the land is right. You got to make sure it's close to utilities. Then you have to begin to rough in and dry in your utilities, and you got to then set the frame for your foundation and build your foundation right. You have to know and have an architect look at your plans and make sure that it's sound, that's structurally sound. Because if you want to build a two-story home, your foundation has to and your footers have to be the right strength to hold it up. And so you have to have these things in place. There is an order. And in the same way, God in his loving kindness... This is really such a beautiful reflection of God's goodness to us. He gives us an order to help us grow. And so what we see in the New Testament, and we even see it in the Old Testament, is that there is a plan. God has uh, given us a plan to build our spiritual house. As a matter of fact, Jesus, in the gospel, several places, he talks about this. He even likens it, uses the illustration of a, of a home, a house being built. Or considering the, the, the cost of building a home, considering the, consider the planning of building a home. And he likens it to our faith, to our spiritual home, our foundation and the structure. So today we're going to talk about this in just three simple things. Three simple things, three simple areas. And I want you guys really, if you, if you don't mind today, to do your best to, to uh, really dig in. Because what we're going to do is I'm going to start with a punch and then I'm going to come around with a hug. It's like a Sour Patch Kid, right? <laughs> Anybody? Some of you younger guys know. All right. Starts off sour, ends up sweet. All right. So, and this is the thing. is that A lot of times in this first passage in Luke 14, 25 through 29, you probably won't be able to see it behind me. So just jump on your phones, your Bibles, whatever. Listen really well. This passage is, um, at best, one of those passages, I've had people come to me and go, what is Jesus saying? It's controversial, all right? But it ties in to the, probably the most important part of our spiritual home, which is our foundation. And so the first thing that we're going to talk about is this, is we're going we're to talk about the foundation. Okay? That's my foundation right there. This is what Jesus says in Luke 14, 25 through 29. I want to read this to you. It says this. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose if you wants to build a tower or a home, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. This is a troubling passage. Does Jesus really look at us and tell us to hate our mother and our father, our wife, our husband, our children? Is he asking us to do this? And here's what I want you to see just very carefully is that the words are strong, yes, and they're meant to pack a punch. 
But there's more to it than what we just initially read. Because the foundation of our spiritual building is the lordship of Jesus. What Jesus is saying here, which is so important, is this. And here's where we see the context of this message. It's because Jesus was ringing bells, but he said this, and yes, even your own life. What Jesus is saying is this, is that in order for your spiritual house to be built, Jesus must be the Lord of your life. He must be the Lord of your life. And what we're going to see in just a second, that's a great thing. That's a wonderful truth. That's a powerful truth that liberates us and brings us into freedom and brings us into joy and brings us into peace. Even though this is difficult to understand, uh, we, we have to see this. Because this is the main point of the Lordship of Jesus. It could probably be said best this way. Jesus doesn't come into our life. We come into his life. We don't fit him into our life. We lose our life into his. See, there's a difference. Because what happens is that when we don't make Jesus the Lord of our life, is that we will come into situations and circumstances when the things of this world do not line up with what we read in the Word of God. That there will be what we talked about a few weeks ago in James chapter 1, the trials and the storms of life. And when Jesus is not Lord of our life, they're going to be difficult for us to understand because we'll ask ourselves questions like this, why is this happening? God, why are you allowing this to happen? Instead of understanding that even in the midst of the storm, he's able to sustain us and, believe it or not, bring us out better as a result. That's who he is. So why is lordship important? First, what does lordship mean? Again, it means this, just to say this very simply, it means that Jesus comes first. That he comes first. That he is the most important and it means this. Now, this is one that is a little bit difficult to understand sometimes, but that he is right. Now, let me talk about it, explain that to you like this. Like I said a second ago, that he is right even when it doesn't feel like it's right. That he's right when his timing doesn't feel like or agree with our timing. There have been times in my life um, that I have said, God, I want to have this happen faster. There have been times in my life where, God, I, I want this anxiety to go away. Why can't you just snap it off of me? But can I tell you something? That even in the midst of those things, and let me stop and say this, God is not a cruel father. Matter of fact, in Matthew 7, Jesus says, those, uh, those of you, if your son asks you for a piece of bread, you don't give him a stone. Those of you who ask, if your son asks you for a fish, you don't give him a snake. And you being wicked, how much more the goodness of God who desires to freely give you all good things. 
God is not vindictive, but there is a discrepancy between my understanding and his understanding. But when Jesus is Lord of my life, what I am submitting to is not my understanding, but his. I'm submitting to his understanding. I'm submitting to his timing. I'm trusting him because he is good. Making Jesus the Lord of our life is important for these reasons. Because there is going to be a conflict of opinion between the pattern of this world and the kingdom mindset. The way I like to describe this is through the life of Peter. Peter, he just he nails this one for us. And we understand that, man, there is a contention when we live on this earth of, of living for God, right? When we set out to build our spiritual home, and to, to allow the work of God and the plans and the, and the things that he's called us to. And again, let, let me stress this to you, is that, listen, every person here is purposeful, meaning God created you with a purpose. You are dear to him. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that you are the apple of his eye. Imagine that we're all the apple of his eye. Imagine that we're all his favorites. That's nice. And you have been created for a purpose. And so when we set out to do this, we understand that there is a conflict sometimes. But the conflict can be resolved when we decide to make Jesus the Lord and we say, I trust you. Peter had this thing. In one moment, the Gospels tell us that when Jesus sat down with his disciples and said, hey, who do people say that I am? Some of the disciples said, you're Elijah, you're Moses reincarnated. But Peter jumped up and the scripture tells us that this wasn't coming from Peter, but it was coming from the Holy Spirit. He said, no, you are the Messiah, the son of the what living God. Wow. And Jesus looked at him and said, whoa, wait a second. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my father in heaven. He is listening to the spirit. He is listening to heaven. He acknowledges the lordship, the authority of Jesus as God. But we fast forward through the Gospels not too much longer when Jesus is uh, telling the disciples that he's going to die. And Peter jumps up, <laughs> says, no, not today. Ain't nobody going to take you, Jesus. I got your back. Watch these knife skills, <clears throat> right? And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get Behind me, Satan. Wow. He's not calling Peter Satan. What he's saying is this, is that you're listening to the voice of the world. See, what you're doing is you're trying to circumvent, Peter, what I came to do in exercising my lordship. And there's times in our life that there's going to be that conflict like we talked about. But what has to happen is this, is that we have to choose to trust the lordship of Jesus in our life. We have to choose that. It's not easy. Sometimes, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it is challenging. And we're going to talk through why and how he makes that better for us. The second reason why the lordship of Jesus is important is this. is because it comes from just a supremacy standpoint that we need to grasp as people who desire to follow Jesus is that he is the creator and we are the created. He is the creator and we are the created. In Isaiah 64, 8, it says this, Yet you, Lord, are 
our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. See, this speaks on a lot of levels. It talks about the authority of God, the supremacy of God, that as the created, that we don't ever dare, nor should we put ourselves in this place ever. To walk humbly before God means this, that we don't ever look at the creator and say, you should have done it better. You should have done it this way. Instead, we look at the creator and we Say, you are the potter and we are the clay. But it speaks to something I believe is, is, is really important and also highly significant is this, is that as the creator, he is creative and he is creating something in you. And part of understanding the lordship of Jesus is allowing him to form and fashion you into what he has created for you to be. And when we submit to his lordship, it means this for me that I'm not getting in the way of me, that I'm not taking in and going and saying, I'm going to try to make my plans happen, but I'm choosing to trust his plans as the one who is creator. All right, let's keep moving. So next, what we see here, you guys are going to crack up. My, my artwork is horrible. Is that we have electricity and that we have plumbing. All right? So this is, my kids just looked at me and said, what? Power and water. Woo! How many of you guys are glad you got power and water in your home, right? All right. Somebody smart knew how to build your home, and they made sure you were close enough to some utilities so that you could uh, watch TV, your refrigerator could run, and that you could take a bath <laughs> so you didn't stink, all right? Hallelujah. All right. God does the same thing. He does the same thing. Now, this is what's beautiful. This is what's beautiful. All right? Is that this is intimacy with God. And it's intimacy through three ways that I see. I want to share with you. We're going to look at a, a kind of a unique passage to explain this. But it's intimacy with God through the word, intimacy with God through worship, and then intimacy with God through being led by his spirit. Him leading us by his spirit. Now, this is what's awesome, is that we don't do these things. Lordship is a choice we make in agreement with who he is. We don't do these things. God supplies these things for us. We receive these things. You didn't create the power line. You didn't create the water lines in your city. Nope, they were there on the plot of land that whoever built your house built it on. Why? All you had to do was tap into them, right? All you had to do was have a, have a, a power place and you had to have some things. But check this out. If you know, if you know what anything about construction, that there's a process in construction called roughing in. And roughing in happens before the foundation is laid. That means if you've ever driven by a, 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 a place that's being developed and homes that are being built, what you'll see is the, the frame for the foundation out there. And you'll see what looks like maybe some dirt and some, and some bar that crosses over and some plastic. But all of a sudden, you'll see these little things jetting up out of that plastic. And that's the roughed in for the plumbing. And that you see the lines that are already coming up. There's already going to be a pole, maybe right here, a power pole, right there before they even do that. Why? And why is that significant? 
Why am I making this an illustration? Because this is how good God is. Have you ever read the scripture that he loved us before we first loved him? This is what this means. God understands that making the jump to lordship is a big jump. Jesus understood that. Jesus, again, was not cruel. And that is why Jesus said, taste and see that I am good. And so he does that by sending of himself and showing himself through intimacy in these areas. See, when we get into the word, what is it to us? The word is a revelation of the goodness of God. It is a revelation of the truth of Jesus. It is a revelation of the promises that God has set in our life. It is a revelation of the principles that guide us and bring us into life. When we get into worship, what is worship? Worship for us is creating an intimacy like we experience today with the Holy Spirit. We create intimacy with the Holy Spirit. What is being led by the Spirit? Being led by the Spirit is when we hear the voice of God and we begin to walk in the peace, in the gifts, and in the fruit of the Spirit. Now let me, let me, let me read this to you in Luke 4, 1 through 13. It says this. This is actually uh, the temptation of Jesus. It says this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell that stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, Matthew's gospel says, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In verse 5, it says this, The devil led him up on a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to if you worship me, and it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and, and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all the tempting, he left him until an opportune time. There's three temptations of Jesus and three things that I believe Jesus secured for us. In this, this is a picture. And the picture is this. The first thing that we see the enemy, Satan, attempting to tempt Jesus with was through his hunger. But Jesus' response was this. What will satisfy me is the word of God. What will satisfy me are the words of my Father, the word of God. This is something that God has put in our life to sustain us, to connect us in, something that we have to have an everyday diet of, that we have to have in our life, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. As a a side note, I want to just say thank you guys to all of you who have been a part of this 40-day devotional, and again, just watching the comments coming out of it 
is just amazing. It's powerful to see how God is speaking to you, and hopefully he's encouraging you. It's great. This is what uh, John's gospel said in John 1 through 5. See, we have, to, we have to begin to lock in and to really begin to receive from the Holy Spirit the power of the Word of God, that we've got to eat from it. We've got to be sustained by it. We've got to look at it as life. We've got to look at it as the guidance for our life. In John 1, 1 through 5, it says this, In the beginning was the Word. This is the word logos. This means the Word, the written Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. This just few passages are chocked full. Chocked full of such depth and wonderful truth for us. Concerning the word of God. Jesus is the word. When you read the Word of God, you are receiving from Him. But this has something very powerful. This gift that was given to us, the living Word, living Jesus in the Word, has some power in our life. It has a creative power. John here says this about Jesus, specifically about the Logos, about the Word, is that it was in the beginning and nothing was made Apart from it, it is creative. The Word of God has the ability to create inside of you what God is trying to build. You have to have some power coming in to the source of the spiritual building that God is building in you. The second thing we see is this. And the second temptation is that Satan tried to get him to worship him, to to. Bow down and worship him. And we see here Jesus using the word again to refute that. But he talks about the importance of worship. Why? Because worship is reserved for God alone. See, God created worship for us. And when we take advantage of worship every day in our life, worship is not just Sunday mornings. Worship is not a a group of people behind instruments and, and, and words on a screen. Worship is a language that we possess. It is the language of heaven. As we begin to glorify God, something happens. Worship is the language of heaven. Let me show you. In Revelation 19, 5 through 8, it says this, Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all of you, all you his servants who fear him, both great and small, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And the fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Listen, worship is the language of heaven. What are 
are they doing? The angels gathered around the throne right now in heaven. They are worshiping Jesus. What are the saints in heaven that have gone before us doing? They are worshiping Jesus. Why? Because worship is reserved for God. But God does something powerful when we worship is that he establishes himself in the middle of our worship. If you are going to build your spiritual house, you've got to have the word, but you have got to have a diet of worship. You have to have a diet of worship. Worship cannot be reserved for Sunday only. Worship has to be something you cultivate every day. And as you cultivate it, what happens is that you're not just communicating the language of heaven, but God is coming into your presence, into your, into your praise, and into your worship. See, there's something powerful that we begin to, we begin to just tap in a little bit to this morning. And, and I want to push us in this area as much as we can. And I know it, it just kind of butts up to some of our comfortability levels. But this is so important. See, we're the only things that God chose to create that had the option to praise him. Everything else that God created absolutely must worship him. The rocks are going to cry out. The trees are going to cry out. The angels created beings. They cry out. They don't have an option. They just do what is instinctively done by something that has been created by the creator. But we are different. God put in us his likeness that has the ability to choose that when we use the very breath, your breath is not a biological function of your life. It is sustained by God. There is going to be a day you're going to breathe your last breath. And then your breath will be taken up to heaven and it will be used to glorify Jesus. But God gives us the option to do something so supernatural that builds our spiritual house so strong when we choose to worship him. He says, I'm going to actually come down from my place in heaven and be with you. It's got to be in our diet every day. It's got to be something that we, Paul and Silas, we don't feel like it. We're in prison. It's been a bad day, but we're just going to shake the chains. We're just going to get down. It's got to become a discipline that we do. You need to do it corporately. You need to do it in your private life. It needs to be done. And finally, the last temptation we see is this. And it takes a little bit, this is a little bit more challenging to, to see and to understand. Because here, Satan did something that was pretty significant as he brought Jesus to Jerusalem, and to the highest part of the temple. And there's a deep prophetic understanding to this. And this is what Jesus did, is that he secured in himself the power, the ability to be led by his spirit. In Ephesians, when we talk about, we talked about it last week, some concerning the community of the body of, of Christ. But when we gave our life to Jesus, when we surrendered our life and made Jesus Lord, we came into him. We are in this place where we can receive, that we can understand, that we can be led by the Holy Spirit, that we can receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that we have communion with the Holy Spirit, that we can know the mind of Christ, that we can understand the will of God, that when we go to make decisions, that we're not flipping a coin 
But we're listening to the Holy Spirit and we're following peace. And that speaks of future. And what Satan did here was he took him up to Jerusalem and he took him to the highest place in the Temple Mount. Now we know today that that temple is utterly destroyed, but there will be a day where that temple will be rebuilt. There will be a day where Jesus Christ will be in that place in Jerusalem as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, literally in Jerusalem. It's called the Millennial Reign. So Jesus knew this. Maybe Satan did too. As a toss-up of the forfeit and to say, listen, if you'll just bypass this and make me, listen, the Lord of this area, have God rescue you. Here's the thing. In our life, one of the ways that God resources us is by causing us and allowing us to walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, we are not walking in the immediate, but we are walking in the future. Hear me on this. Just hear me on this, please. Because when God leads us, when we go, listen, just practical, make this simple, is that when I go and I say, God, I don't know what to do, will you please lead me? Will you please show me what I'm to do? God, I've got maybe two good things I have to choose between, but I'm gonna, I want to do what you want me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm surrendered to you. I want to do what's going to glorify you, what is going to be the best for me according to your plan. And then all of a sudden, God says, listen, Andy, this way, or maybe it's being led by peace, that I just, I feel this peace, and you have to know that inner peace that God leads you. He leads you by peace, and even when things are swirling and storming around you, listen, he still leads you by peace. This is what being led by the Spirit, and you need to be led by something, and in God, in his infinite love and in his goodness, he leads us by the Spirit. Romans 8, 6 says this, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Oh, see, he leads us by the Spirit. These three things, these utilities that we have that God has set up, the word, worship, and being led by the Spirit, they fuel us. They begin to put in us the life we need to build, the spiritual house that God is building in us. And so the key for this is that we have to have these Every day. We have to have these every day. We have to have these every day. Create a discipline to have these in your life every day. And then finally, we start to see the house go up. And we have, whoop, that's a sloped roof. All right. It's a, it's a double roof. Uh, I was going to put Christmas lights on it, but all right. My house is Christmas lights. So we see this. And finally, this is what we see. As God begins to build the house, as he begins to frame it out, right? he puts the door, some nice windows. Look, there's, there's you. You're sitting out there. You're praising Jesus in your window right there. How about that? Here's your family. Your family's praising Jesus too. Oh, we're building a spiritual house. And this is it's a strong house because... The wind is going to blow, but your house is going to stand. It's not going to go anywhere. Oh, the lightning's going to come. Mean old Harvey's going to try to come. Ooh, boo, right? We don't want Harvey, but he showed up and he tried to flood us. All these things come, but you're in a strong house. 
There's the lumber, the nails, the, the plywood, the studs, the sheetrock, the finishing, the, the granite countertops, the double sink vanity, the soaking tub with jets. All right, here we go. <laughs> you guys, lighten up, all right? Luke 6, 46 and 49, familiar passage. We probably all heard Jesus say this. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? For everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like, They're like a man who built a house and dug down deep and laid a foundation on rock. When the flood came and the torrent struck the house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. All of this is our walk of faith and obedience. All of this right here is faith. And obedience. Let me show you something. You probably saw it. But this is what Jesus unpacks this, this powerful principle right here. About faith and obedience. He says this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? But you do not do what I say. See the key to building this. As we stand on the foundation of the Lordship of Jesus and we receive from him from the goodness of who he is and we fellowship with him in intimacy through the word, through worship and through the spirit. We begin to take steps of faith as God leads us. Sometimes those steps are are big steps, sometimes they're little steps. But the principle is this. When God speaks, we move. See, but if Jesus isn't Lord, if you're not communing with him through the intimacy of who he is, when it comes to taking a step of faith or an act of obedience, it's going to be very difficult. But when God, and these things are cultivated, when God asks us to do this, this becomes a joy. Even in the risk. Even in the unknown. Even in the challenge. This becomes a joy. Not only is our faith powerful, not only is our faith able to build things in our life. See, every one of you, I started with this, and I I want to be real, real clear about this, okay? Because sometimes this trips us up. Sometimes this kind of gets us and we, we get tangled up about that. But here's the thing. That every one of you, God laid a blueprint out for your life. He designed you with a purpose, and this purpose is important. This purpose is something that not only is powerful, not only does it bring significance to your life, not only is it the, 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 the best thing that you can do, but it protects you. It protects you. One of the things that we sometimes miss when we read that story that Jesus told, the parable of the wise and the foolish builder, is this. is that the absolute truth that the storms came against both homes, didn't they? Came against the man who who built upon the rock, the lordship, who dug down, who cultivated these things, allowed God to speak to him, that began to take and do what God asked him to do to take steps of obedience 
The storms came, and it was stood. It was powerful. He had something that he knew was, was great, that he was created to do, that God did for him, but it also protected him. It protected his family. But the one who did not build, who just threw it up, who didn't listen, that followed their own direction, what happened? Those same storms came, and it utterly destroyed it. See, our faith is powerful, but our faith protects us. When we choose to, to look and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor you, and I'm going to listen to what you're saying, and even if what you're saying to me is, doesn't fit my time frame, or if it doesn't become something easy, you, you are God. You're the Lord. Oh, I trust you and I love you. Why? Because I've tasted and I've seen that you are good. And I don't have to worry about anything. I understand the difference. That when I do my own thing, I don't eat of the goodness of who you are. And I'm going to walk in obedience and faith to what you say. And I'm going to trust you. God is going to ask you to take steps that are absolutely beyond your control. But you can trust him because he is Lord and he is good. And he will build you into a spiritual home that is strong and protects you. Amen? All right. We put these things together. It's not complicated, is it? Not complicated at all. But a lot of times what we see is this. Justin, come on up. Is that maybe uh, we come into a place in our we're missing something. That there's just a, maybe, maybe we, we, we go back and, and there's been times. Let, let, me just, let me just say this to, to all of y'all. I'm going to talk about me for a second. There have been times in my life where the Lordship of God has been challenged. And God has had to go, Andy, let me, let me get a hold of you. Let me, let me just, let me get a hold of you. He doesn't raise his hand up to smack me down. He embraces me and he grabs me like you would a small child that's throwing a tantrum and you just want to look them in their eyes and say, be still. He says, I'm Lord. I know what was going to come against you before you did. I knew what you were going to have to endure before you did. And I'm able and there's been times where the, the power line seems to be disconnected from my house. See, because if you have, maybe you have the lordship thing down, or you think you do, but you're not connected into the intimacy and the love of God, you know what you're going to become? You're going to get trapped in legalism. See, because you're not going to walk in the knowledge that God asks us to be Lord because He is good, that He does love us. Yes, He is God. Yes, He is holy. Yes, He is creator. Yes, He deserves it, even though He doesn't have to do anything to deserve it. He is God. That's who He is. But yet He loves, but yet He is good, but yet He has the best in store for us, even when it's difficult. And so sometimes... In my life, I've gotten too far away from the power line and the utilities, the water, that I've taken a break in really looking at the Word and loving the Word, that I've taken a break from the worship, that I've taken a break from cultivating that in my own life, that I've listened 
to too much country music. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of y'all laugh. Laugh, 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 laugh. Right now, you know what I'm jamming to? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. 92.5 is playing Christmas carols. Mm. Woo, I love it. My kids hate it. They're so mad that I turned it on. It is mandatory. Every vehicle I'm in, 92.5. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Matter of fact, I drove my daughter's car last night, and I sell all of her presets to 92.5. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and she lives in Houston. All right. Sometimes I get too far away from worship. Sometimes, man, I'm just not cultivating that, that and being in the presence of God, listening to his spirit. But can I tell you something about this, man? I just want you to please hear this. I, I know I'm saying this a lot in a lot of different ways, but just, just really hear this. God is always going to do everything necessary to supply you. I'm telling you right now. Maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I'm disconnected, Pastor. I don't know. Uh, just say, fill me up. Fill me up. I'm going to start today. I'm going to start right now. Fill me up. I want to give me eyes to see and a heart to receive your word. Oh, I'm going to worship you. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to dig into your presence. Maybe it's just one song or there's one song that you're just like, man, mm, it's getting you. Just get in that place and begin to cultivate that. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Listen. And then finally, take a step of faith. Don't be somebody that just hears and doesn't do. Be somebody that hears and does. Let's be a people that hear and do. Why? I put these little people in here for a reason because for some of us, you're a shelter for your family. For some of you, you're a shelter in your school, you're a shelter in your workplace. That God is asking you to become a spiritual, a strong spiritual building because there are people that are going to need to get under the roof of what God is doing in your life so that they can see the goodness of God and they can begin to take a step toward that. See, what this is is transformational in the world. That as we begin to do this, what we begin to see is all throughout is a community of people that are walking strong in their faith and testifying of the goodness of what God is doing. Amen. Amen. All right. As we pray this morning and we close, I just want to encourage you with this. To take time, if it's necessary, to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. Make Him number one. Cultivate intimacy. Take a step of faith. Listen right now to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Take one step. Walking by faith is not figuring it out. Sometimes that, that's our problem with walking by faith. Is that we want to see all the steps. But walking by faith sometimes is taking the first step. Saying, God, I trust you. Maybe you need to take a step of forgiveness. Maybe you need to take a step of release. Maybe you need to take a step of obedience to do the thing that God has called you to do and it's scaring you. But take that step. Take that step. He's building you into a strong spiritual building. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning, God, as we've come to your word, that Jesus, you are the word. That you are the word. I thank you, Jesus, that that in us, that you desire to build a strong, strong, strong faith inside of us. Strong spiritual buildings. And so, Holy Spirit, right where we are, every one of us, that allow us just to take inventory of our life to see that if we need to make you Lord, to truly make you Lord, to make you first, 
Not you in us, but us in you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you connect us into the place of intimacy that you give us again, fresh eyes, heart to receive, that we would hear your spirit and be led as sons and daughters. And God, I thank you, Lord, for the faith to grow and to rise in our hearts. That, Lord, as you speak, we'll be a people that are quick to hear and quick to do. That we'll take a step of faith and obey you, God, in whatever area you're calling us and asking us to be. So, God, the thing that you are desiring to build in us, the spiritual building that you are building us into, the spiritual house will be built in us. Holy Spirit, seal that in us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, thank you all. I'm going to invite you to stand up. I'm going to close this morning by doing something. I'm going to have some folks come up to do ministry. Just a second. If that's you, just get ready if you're on the, min- <clears throat> the ministry team. But I want to do this. Um, is that uh, I'm going to invite my wife up here with me in a second. If, if you're believing the Lord for a job, and you're saying, look, I, 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 need, I need God. Maybe your request is on the board. And you're like, I need to move to the other side. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray and just believe the Lord that there is a, a good job, that there is, a, there is a, a job that is going to be enjoyable to you, a job that is going to be meaningful to you. I want to just come in agreement with you and pray over that in your life. Amen? All right. Okay. Okay. Can I have some folks come up? Just maybe uh, one or two people come up, teams come up. All right. Let me pray for you and bless you. If you need prayer for anything, if you need prayer for healing in your body or you need prayer for, for something that you're believing God for, listen, don't, don't miss out. Don't miss the opportunity, but push into what God is saying and doing in you and just take and grab a hold of that. Father, I just bless these people in the name of Jesus with your great grace and your great power. Oh, we love you so much, Lord. Let your goodness overshadow each and every person, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need a job, I want you to come on up. I want to pray for you.